Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, my name's Dave Dunning. I'll be hosting-ish this evening. We have had some technical third world country difficulties in the last uh, the last week or so. So sorry if you missed us, which you probably haven't. Uh, but we're back and tonight we're going to talk about... We're going to talk a little bit about Liverpool. We're going to talk a little bit about Manchester City. We're going to talk a little bit about Salzburg, and we'll talk about some other stuff too to kind of fill, fill the hour up because, well, we don't have anything else to do at this time of night. And over in the Netherlands, I've got Beryl Akis. He has nothing else to do this time of night either. Beryl, how are you doing? Yeah, I, I'm fine. I, I'm I'm a night owl, so, you know, I, I need some something to do uh, at this time of the day or the night. Well, great, and we are happy to oblige. And yeah, over... Happy to join. <laughs> <laughs> and over in Berlin, I've got Neil Patterson, Chief. How are you, sir? Yeah, yeah, also kind of burning the midnight oil here, but yeah, doing grand. Uh, great, great to chat. Um, after our last, we, um, we Everton one didn't, didn't quite make it out to the airways. Maybe we'll release it as a, as a bonus sometime, just to laugh at the air again. <laughs> and also to see how wrong we were about all of the other stuff we talked about around it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so look, let's get into it. Um, it was um, Bournemouth away at the Vitality. Seven changes from the Derby. Uh, we saw this last year, this, this, this you know, sudden drastic use of the squad. I think, Chief, everybody's head kind of fell off last year when this started to happen. It was like, what are you doing? Why is he picking him? Why has he made 18 changes? Because he's hardly made any in weeks and months. And everybody was kind of freaking out, and then we we won eight on the bounce in December, and all of a sudden we were we were top of the league. Uh, I think everybody's a bit more used to it this year. We saw Naby come in, we saw Chamberlain playing high up the pitch, Gomez come in, Salah back, Firmino back, and Gomez at right back. So you know, it's re- it's almost comforting though knowing that you've got the likes of um, the likes of Sadio Mane on the bench, isn't it? You're right to talk about the rotation because it's uh, it's become a feature of uh, this Liverpool side under Jurgen Klopp over the last couple of seasons, and you know there had been a little bit of well, a few murmurings, shall we say, that not much rotating had actually been done up until up to now. Um, one or two changes here and there, but gen- generally, you know, the only change you would. You would re- we'd ever really be chatting about on uh, on the podcast might be who does he who's the third midfielder for example, uh, and even then it, it usually stayed fairly standard. But yeah, we've seen full use of the squad in the last uh, couple of games. Obviously for Everton there were big changes, and yeah, I think people are a little bit more used to it. But a few heads were falling off before kickoff. Um, on that one, a few eyebrows were raised about obviously the Lalana starting. Obviously, Mo and, and Bobby on the bench. You know, people going, you need your, your big players for your biggest games and yada, yada, yada. The usual kind of things. But, um, yeah, those those kind of um, rumblings were, were quiet and pretty early on there. And and then for the Bournemouth game, I think it's seven changes from the Everton game, but it wasn't like flipping straight back. Um, so, you know, you still had a, a couple of... Um, Players in there, Joe Gomez started right back, for example, uh, was interesting. 
Um, Sadio Mane dropping out for Oxley Chamberlain in the front three was interesting, uh, especially given uh, his, his kind of previous outings there, which have been perhaps not 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 wonderful, so we say. But I suppose if, we, if, if you're going to seize him in that position, then it's probably going to take a little while for him to, to really settle into it. Um, but yeah, um, we've made full use of the squad. We've won two games in four days. Uh, we've uh, racked up eight goals doing so and, can, and kept our first clean sheet of uh, of the season. Is it that? No. Well, first clean sheet in a long time anyway. It feels like the first clean sheet. It's uh, the third. But we're going it's, back it's back. not much more impressive than the first. It's Alison's clean sheet, isn't it? It is Alison's first clean sheet. That's correct. So uh, so yeah, that's a that's a that's a bonus definitely. Got, and we we won the game on Saturday. There, conserving a lot of energy. We had the likes of Sadio Mane on the bench. We didn't need to bring him on. Mo Salas played himself back into form. He looks fresh. He looks fit. Um, scored a scored a great goal and, and a wonderful assist for Nabi Kaida. Nabi Kaida, we're going to come on to what a performance from him. So yeah. Um, it's it's really just uh, something we we are getting used to, but something that's not so difficult when you're winning games. You're absolutely right, and uh, you know it, it's it's really easy, Beryl, for for Klopp to be able to make these changes. You know, it's I, I'd say there's a lot less anxiety with the decision making process in in his head than it would be in most managers' head. No one. Uh, particularly after the derby of the quality that runs throughout the squad. And it must be whatever they're doing in training, which just means that these guys can just these guys can just come straight into the team after, you know, security, security particularly, hardly playing a minute. Um, and Kaida also on, on, Saturday, on Saturday, hardly playing a minute. And it looks like they've never been away. They look just completely like, like match fit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was um, uh, w- when Shakiri started the game against Everton. I uh, um, I thought about the last times he he had played for us, and and uh, you know there was of course this this game against Barcelona, and 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 we remember it um, because of the the things he did did well. But uh, actually, yeah, he had a pretty poor game, but against Everton, he was he was very good. So yeah. Um, um, uh, when we started against Bournemouth with with uh, again a, a heavily rotated uh, a selection, um, I, I wasn't I wasn't very anxious at all. But because you know you, I, I was, um, I, we had the cool heads of, of Henderson and, and Milner in there, and 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 uh, I was I was hoping to see uh, some 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 Navi Keita magic, uh, um, you know, which we are longing for but i uh, haven't seen this much of the uh, this this season uh, very much but um so no yeah i, I was uh, and at bournemouth yeah what can you say about bournemouth it's i i have a, a lot of sympathy for for eddie howe uh, despite him being an everton supporter but um uh you know he he's, he strikes me as a as a as as an as a nice guy and so I, I wish him all the best from now from now on uh, until uh, you know we yeah. have the home game. Definitely but, a reason for sympathy, Beryl. I think definitely a reason for sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. But they were they were absolutely you know they capitulated after the first goal. It was it was everything was gone. They were demoralized by um, 
by uh, the injury to uh, to Nathan Ake and and as, as if they thought to themselves and well they probably did this is it we we can't get anything out of this game anymore and so you know any nerves that I had that were um, uh, lingering were were definitely gone by the, by the moment that Oxlade Chamberlain scored the uh, the first goal. It was all very easy, you know. They were they were fairly accommodating um, as an opponent. Um, I think they have they have three shots, none on target, two of which are blocked. So, you know, it, it was it was utter domination against a side that, you know. For all intents and purposes, looked as though they just didn't really want to be there, and I can imagine that that is what it's like playing this Liverpool side. That it's just an absolute nightmare to go on the pitch, and it's just there's no fun in it. It's unenjoyable. Um, it's horrible. So it's a good game to bring to bring Kite in, Chief, and you know this this is nearly this is nearly the frustration about Kaida that. When he steps in, you can see a performance like that. But it's funny that never has there never has there been so much goodwill towards a player. I think I've never seen a player who who so many fans have so wanted to succeed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there have probably been a few down the years, to be fair. But and and there are some fans I know a couple who you know who quite unfairly, in my opinion, who are you know fed up with him already because. He has because he has had the niggling injuries and he hasn't been able to get on the pitch and it is three seasons now since we signed him because obviously he stayed a season at at, at Leipzig and um, you know there there are a few who are losing patience but I know exactly what you mean uh, I think it I think it's it's sort of fair enough because we, we're all tantalised or the ones that are that have the goodwill we're all tantalised we're all we're all desperate for him to produce what he can produce. On a regular basis. It also helps. Without getting it helps injured. when you win every week as well, I suppose. Of course. So we're looking for something new, aren't we? We're looking, but I mean, at the same time, oh, you mean the goodwill that, that that people aren't aren't more annoyed? Well, I mean, there is that, but yeah, when someone's injured and not available for selection, then then unfortunately they're injured, not available for selection. You you see it in other clubs as well. You know, fans forget about a player and who's out for a season, we, we sort of did a wee bit with Oxley Chamberlain. You know, you, you begin to forget what, what what he can contribute, what they can contribute, and then they come back and, you know, you go, you, you remember. But, um, yeah, there is goodwill towards him, but he does he does repay that. Uh, he repays it with his performance on, on Saturday against Bournemouth, but he, he sh- I think the reason why there is goodwill to him in those quarters is because he's shown those moments before not just moments he's run games before and you know at the beginning of the season when he was sort of feeling his way back from injury and he'd come on and get a few substitute uh, appearances he'd come on later on last 10 he'd, we'd be winning those games by scoring a late goal after he came on and he'd, he'd be contributing more often than not if not directly then certainly indirectly to those goals um, so there's no real doubt in his kind of potency, if you will. I mean, he's got the ability to, to dictate a game. Yeah, he can influence games. Oh, he's a massive, massive... He's got a massive influence on games when he's playing well. Um, the number of times you saw him just on the ball about 25 to 35 yards out, 
the other day against Bournemouth and just playing those passes and just conducting and picking the right ball and playing the one-two with Salah and, and he was looking for things like that, you know, wherever he could and makes a real difference, you know, makes a real difference. And somebody like Kaida in your midfield, if you if you look at the the Fabinho Henderson Wijnaldum midfield, which sometimes gets criticised for not being creative enough, if, if you if you take one of them, I'd say, I'm not going to be controversial and say which one, but if you take one of them out at any point and put a Naby Kaida in there, your your creativity worries are over. You might lose something in in terms of com, uh, combativeness uh, or combativity. I'm not, not sure what what the correct word is there. But um, combativeness, combativeness, combativeness. I don't know. <laughs> you might lose uh, a little bit in terms of in terms of energy and and and, and physicality potentially, but. Even then, that's not a given because Kaida's got that pressing in him, and he's got that um, he's got that energy in him as well. So it's very exciting, um, and hopefully now he he stays he stays available for selection. That's the main thing. If he can stay available for selection from heaven forbid from now until the end of the season, then who knows where we could be with him? Uh, because he's he's. He's efficient. His, his work is efficient. It leads to something generally. He's usually involved. He's usually amongst the goals of his plan. I mean, you see even at the end of last season in the, in the Champions League run and stuff, he scored a couple of big goals when he was playing for us. I think he had eight games in a row um, towards the, the middle to latter part of last season and uh, contributed with a few goals, a few assists and so on and looked, and looked good. So if we can keep him clear of international football for a little while and keep him fit, then it's 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 massive because, as we've said, he hasn't his career hasn't really started properly at Liverpool yet. He hasn't strung. I mean, Dejan Lofer has never strung more than six games together, but Kai has not put more than six games, six seven games together yet. So it'll be very very um, interesting to see what um, what he can add and what he brings going into the second half of the season or going into the, the Christmas period. His influence on the game and. His incisiveness at at the top end of the pitch is is clear. It's obvious, you know. The the goal he scored, and I think it's it's a funny one. He he gets onto that little back heel from Salah because he reads it. He reads it as soon as he gives Salah the ball, and he makes that run inside um, and breaks the line. And it's something Salah tries to do earlier on the half to Oxley Chamberlain, but Oxley Chamberlain he just doesn't see it. He just yeah. doesn't read it. Yeah. He's, sta- he's standing on the edge of the box, waiting for the ball to come out, almost as if he wants to strike one from there. But Kaida makes the run, and I don't know, maybe I'm, being, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but he makes the run to the place where there's a gap between the three defenders because he knows Salah's going to back in it. Well, he just knows. There's something to be said about, you know, a lot of us have praised Mane, uh, this season and rightly so because he's been he's been awesome but there's a lot to be said about Mane's combination play and combination work and down the left um, uh, per, you know particularly uh, particularly with the likes of, of Robbo and, and so on they work really really well together and Salah he's had he's had his injury and he's also been not had a consistent right back behind him because Gomez has played a few of the last few games at right back, I'd say 
and he started two or three of them at least. Um, and you're just you're not quite seeing those combinations. He, Salah's not not quite getting the same, um, yeah, the, the, the same one twos, the same kind of tricks and flicks working for him as he had it has had at various other points in the in his career. But I thought the link up with with Kaida all day was was excellent. And I thought they looked really, really dangerous and they looked to be very much on each other's wavelength. Yeah, it's it's funny that they're all there's there's players that there's players that other players just enjoy playing with. They just they just seem to they just I don't know, the same thing seemed to run through their heads when they're both on the pitch at the same time. And, and Torres kind of had that with Gerard. And you might see something something developing here with those two. And and we'll see. But Salah, I think Personally, I think he looked back to his best against City. And then Fernandinho catches him on the ankle. And he hasn't quite been the same since. And it was just maybe a little aggravation of the injury that he got against uh, Leicester, which was this similar sort of tackle. And it appears now that, you know, the back heel, it's... It's working on instinct and it's it's deliberate and particularly the goal. I love the goal so much because it's all instinct and it's all peripheral vision and it's all it's completely relaxed. You know, he never he never looks at the goal. He never looks at the goalkeeper. He knows what he's going to do. He waits for the right time. He can just see out of the corner of his eye without having to get his head up where he wants to put it, and he just rolls it past the keeper. And that, there was a different sort of Mo Salah on, on Saturday than we'd seen for the last three or four weeks, I think. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like he was forcing matters. Uh, uh, he, he, was, he was shooting from positions that weren't, you know, the best positions to shoot from. Um, and uh, he, he, was, he, was, he was overlooking um passes he was overlooking his uh, his 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 teammates uh, you know f- famously leading to uh, Sadio Mane being very angry with him uh, it was against Burnley wasn't it yeah he was, he's he's just been desperate for a goal hasn't he yeah and 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 he he wasn't like that today i, I mean i mean today against against Bournemouth um uh, he was it, it was almost even uh, looking for the assist more than for the goal and, I, and there were even moments that I thought just shoot now uh, Salah and 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 he didn't but um, the back heel for for Oxley Chamberlain wasn't was you know there wasn't a position to shoot from but uh, he was he was very much looking for the assist and he, he found it with uh, with Keita and I agree that they they seem to be they seem to be on the same wavelength. They seem to like to play uh, with each other and to understand uh, each other. Um, and his goal reminded me a bit of uh, of of, uh, of Shakiri's goal against uh, Everton, uh, which also rolled into the same corner, just slowly rolling it in w- without, uh, you know, knowing that that's that that's enough to to, to score. And but um, what was also. Um, and, and it was similar with last season. He, I remember him not being very, very, uh, very happy with with scoring or not showing his happiness with scoring last year because people were saying he was a, he was a one season wonder and uh, and he was uh, trying to prove them wrong. Uh, and 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 this time around, he he wasn't um, being very happy uh, again. So I'm I'm hoping this is you know again. Um, 
uh, breaking a duck. Uh, I, I don't know which uh, which saying would be uh, the best here, but he, it, I hope it's it's something he's he, he crossed the barrier now and he's starting to trust himself again. And because you know we need the free uh, freely easily scoring Salah back to form. I, 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 not only. Um, because it's fun to watch and and, and and nice to see but, but you know we we are getting into a, a part of the season um in which we uh, need to make the difference we we have uh, opened up a, a remarkable gap but you know we need to we need to, to break the morale with whatever one chasing us so i i think uh, yeah he looked like he's getting into form again i hope he doesn't get crocked again by someone because um, maybe it's identified as a, as a weak spot. But uh, yeah, there were hopeful signs. Absolutely. He just looked, a, he just looked a whole lot more comfortable in himself. And this is something that could be really, really important for us in coming, in coming games, especially considering what we've seen the last, the last two Premier League matches where, We've seen these long, not long balls, Steve, but they're 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 balls over the top. They're balls over the top into the runners. Um, they're not up to the big man to win and feed off the scraps. They're they're long through balls, and you know we make the pitch huge, particularly with particularly with Trent dictating from from you know the the that area. I don't want to call it fullback because it isn't. We are now making the pitch absolutely massive. Teams seem to be dropping off us. Um, they don't want to get caught in behind. They don't want to get countered, and they're they're dropping off us a little bit, and they're trying to stop. To me, it looks like they're trying to stop the the passes into the midfield into the fullbacks, and we've just decided that right. Do you know what we'll do then? We'll we'll just kick it over the top because we've got really fast lads up there, and if they can get in the end of it, they can stick the ball in the net, and then sooner or later, you're going to realise that you're going to have to come and press our centre halves. And then we'll just play through you. So if you have someone like Salah making that run that Oxley Chamberlain did, and making that run that Origi did, and making that run that Mane did, he could score ten and ten. No, absolutely. Um, I think you've, you've you've hit the nail on the head with your description of of how it is. Like um, it's just another way to beat you, another way to score goals. And if if Man United were doing that, if if that was Maguire pinging it to Rashford. Nobody would be calling long balls. People would be waxing lyrical about how wonderful Harry Maguire's uh, passing technique was and how Marcus Rashford was the greatest thing since sliced bread and whatever. So uh, it's it's just a little bit of sour grapes uh, to have it described as, as long ball tactics. I mean, we're old enough to know what proper long ball tactics are. Like, you know, we saw the crazy gang or we saw you know, the likes of Wimbledon, the, the likes of fucking Stoke in the more modern era and so on where where it's an up and under and let's see what happens we'll, we'll half the time literally fight you for the scraps it wasn't like that at all I mean Oxley Chamberlain's goal is, is fabulous it's a precision pass um, it's it's literally on his foot <laughs> and it's a a very economical finish very 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 good finish yeah, and it's so obvious that it's been worked on because you can see Oxley Chamberlain make that run as soon as Henderson drops deep to take that ball off Lovin. As soon as Henderson turns, Chamberlain's away. He makes that run across the line inside and then he's in. And he's been looking for it 
the whole game to that point. But we we take advantage, and and he almost gets it because it's a similar similar type of run. Uh, okay, to, I think it's a longer ball to Salah when he plays the back heel to, to Oxley Chamberlain. Chamberlain misses it, but it's the same kind of idea. And what's happened there is Ake's just done his hamstring by trying to keep up with Mo Salah, and he's been taken off. And up until that point. Bournemouth have been doing all right because they've had Ake there and he's head and shoulders their best defender and the only one with a mission of keeping up with any of our front players. And they've just lost him and they're busy cursing their 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 luck. And they've clocked off for just a second, just a split second, and Henderson's been looking. Bang, great ball, and it's 1-0 Liverpool. And that's what we are. We're a ruthless killing machine. Basically, if you give us... If you drop your guard, if you give us a sniff, we're going to punish you. And it's just another way of doing it. And you're absolutely right. Teams will soon enough realise, listen, lads, we can't give their deep-line midfielder time on the ball. We can't give their centre-backs time on the ball. We're going to have to push up. And if that means leaving the spaces at the back, then so be it. Because we're going to get picked off one way or another. You know, we're going to get picked off anyway. We may as well try. And... um, yeah, it's fabulous. The more ways we can think of to, to, to score goals and, and score more goals than the other team, the better, as far as I'm concerned. So, Chief, you know, you talked there about we've got different ways to beat you now. And Beryl, it's been, you know, it's three games. We've started to really start to score goals. Um, it's 10 in our last three. But within that, we've had eight different goal scores. Eight. And Firmino hasn't scored. And last year, certainly, people were talking about, oh, you know, well, you know, if you if you lose one of the front three, you know, where you're gonna where your goals gonna come from? Because the front three score all the goals, you know. You're not getting goals from midfield, you're not getting goals from fullback, you're not getting goals from defense. And what we've got now is we've got goals coming from everywhere. Everywhere. The front three have scored less than half our goals this season. Which I think is absolutely crazy. It it goes to our last point about you know tactical vers- uh, versatility. Um, when you can bring someone in like Nabi Keita, who brings different things uh, than uh, you know the 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 normal uh, three in our midfield, you can do different things. Uh, and uh, you, you talked about the the long pass from behind, which you know Anderson was was absolutely marvelous this game, but. Um, um, when you do that, you know, they need to uh, press your uh, defensive midfielder, or they need to drop even deeper. And if you drop deeper, uh, there's more space for for someone like Nabi Keita, and we know what he, what he can do with space on the midfield. So uh, um, we are uh, uh, we are rotating, we are bringing in different people, and we are um, we are um, trying to be a, ahead of the curve. And I and I. Don't know who to uh, to to credit this with, but um, we are ahead of the curve. The, you know, uh, b- before they figure out how they can stop uh, Trent and uh, and Robbo, we have found different ways to to score goals, and it's absolutely it's 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 wonderful that that other people are scoring now because this is what we what what we were saying last year. This was one of the critiques that were leveled at this at this team. Uh, that they were, uh, that they n- could only win because of the the, the world class uh, um, front three, and and, the, and and no one else uh, 
could score and and uh, and at least so the uh, the midfield. But now um, Virgil van Dijk has uh, started scoring again. Uh, our midfielders score. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain is uh, you know he, we we missed him last year and and we know he can score and he, and he does so. Naby Keita is not renowned for his uh, his uh, you know for for many goals, but you know, it was a good goal. He got into the position and uh, and and made it easy for himself. And if if he keeps getting in those positions, he will score more. Uh, Lalana scored, etc., uh, uh, etc. Et so yeah, it's 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 wonderful, and it has to do with our tactical versatility uh, uh, that we have different ways to win games now, and uh, and I think that's that's crucial. So because our opponents won't know which Liverpool will turn up and and how we will line up and how we will try to win, and if they try to countermand us, if they try to stop us in one way we have other ways to win so it's yeah I, I you know we can only enjoy this and i am i am thoroughly enjoying it we seem to make the pitch so big we seem to we make the pitch huge and it's teams want teams want to be compact when they defend you that's what they want they want to be able to the, the old rafa adage where you know you want to be able to throw a blanket over you and it's we we're getting to the point now where we're just not allowing teams to do that. The the back four I thought were a bit deeper than normal on Saturday, and again it that's just accommodated that that long ball. It 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 almost sucked Bournemouth him to pressing up the pitch a little bit higher, and and the space was in behind. Um, but as we showed against Everton as well, we can beat in the counter too. You know, we can beat you with possession football, um, like, like the like the the critical. Um, we'll do it all, and at this moment in time, you know, team, I, I just honestly don't, I don't see this team losing. Um, I, you get to that point where you think it's got, you, you've got to lose, you've got, you're going to lose sometime. You're going to, it's inevitable that this team will lose the game of football in the league and you, you show up on a Saturday or Thursday night or whatever, whenever the fuck it is, Sunday or whatever and and you start watching the game and it's Everett you're 2-0 up after a few minutes after, I don't know, 15 minutes if it's City you're 2-0 up after 12 minutes if it's Bournemouth you're 3-0 up in 55 minutes and the game's over and it's all it just all seems just so so easy for this team and we come to the point now where Manchester City are finding everything so so difficult, and it's it's fourteen points between us and them. And you know we'll maybe talk a little bit about Leicester. And I don't want to dismiss them either because they've got form and form counts for loads in football. But that's got to be damaging for City as it is. But looking at how we're winning games of football at the moment, it's got to be even more than that for them right now, doesn't it? It's difficult for them because... I think their goose is cooked, to be honest. Well, I, thought so, it was, I, mean, I thought their goose was cooked before United as well. I mean, I, to be honest, we yeah, we can take it back. We, we've had this conversation a few times on various pods and neither of us thought City would be the same City as, as they were last season, and so it's proved. Um... They they're missing a lot. They're missing a lot in in defence. 
they're missing a lot in the fact that their their leader, their their talisman for the last decade is off and has gone. Um, they're suffering from yeah, probably some um, inactivity in the transfer market, which is odd given the amount of money they've actually spent and and the areas that they're actually lacking in. When you thought it was pretty pretty obvious where they should have strengthened, you know, we talked before the pod started and. Neither of us thinks that they're capable of, of going on a run like they went on last season to win the league. Um, you know, bearing in mind that that run they went on last season to win the league wasn't the only run they went on last season. They started, I think they started the season with 10 games in a row or something or 12 games in a row. Um, and, and we kind of matched them. Oh, they got 98 points. They had a wee blip in the middle. That was it. Exactly. And their blip was 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 three defeats or something around about... Around about November, December, and of November started December, and sure we're past that now already. So they're not; they're quite obviously not the same team. They're visibly not the same team. They're statistically not the same team. And as we said before the pod started, they are on course if they continue at their current rate. They're on course to score seventy-six points this season. They're on course to almost exactly regress to the points tally we finished on prior to last season. So I think we finished on 75 and we improved by 22 to go to 97. And at the moment, they're on. last season was 98 and their, their projected tally is 76. So they, they look like they're going to drop back down to, to where, you know, a regular second-place challenger or, or third-place challenger generally is. We'll have to see whether they keep on like that, whether they improve or whether they, they drop off a little further as they fully come to terms with the fact that they're not they're not going to win the league. Yeah, I don't want to be too bullish, um, but again, looking at it logically and, and looking at the large sample size that we now have, 16 league games is a long time. We're practically at Christmas. Um, I think there are only three games for them before Christmas Day now. Um, yeah, let's be, let's, be, let's be realistic here. After... After the weekend, we'll be two games away from halfway through the season. Well, absolutely, and and you know the thing is, I watched a bit of Sunday supplement, much to my uh, much to my misfortune at, at sometimes, but you know it, it's football, um, and you know they're still pontificating about how City are are the best team to watch, and they're wondering what's gone wrong at, at Manchester City this season. So they're they're still, and they're still parroting the line that that, that they're capable of going on a run. Um, but I think they're they're judging this season's team by last season and the season before. And to me, they don't look as strong. And there are logical and obvious reasons why they aren't as strong. With with the loss of company being being probably the biggest, uh, and the injury to their other top centre back being uh, being being um, high on the list. Other other top slash only centre back. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It, it's it's really foolhardy when you've only when you only really trust company and Laporte to then lose one of them and say we're going to be okay by moving our top central midfielder back there. I mean, to me, that's negligent. It's almost to the point of arrogance if you're Guardiola, especially when you know you're up against club. Yeah, I think there's there's two elements to this. There's there's two really poor elements of judgment here. Um, the first is. People are saying that it, City's injuries are unlucky. They're not unlucky. Injuries happen. That's what happens. It happens to every team every single season. Well, practically. 
It's potentially unlucky that they lost Laporte for that length of time, but we've now lost Fabinho, who's very important to us going into this, and we lost Allison, our you know our goalkeeper, in the first half an hour of the season. So I mean, we've had big injuries too. We've just we we were a little bit lucky in the fact that Adrian came in and did really well, but also we kept the pressure off him, and we're uh, we've also got the cover to cover uh, Fabinho. But you know, we're at the moment. Matip is our first choice centre-back. He's been out for six weeks now, something like that. Um, Lovren's just limped off, so it looks like we could be down to two centre-backs, one of whom is, is 20. Um, I think he trained today, so apparently he's OK. Well, that's his maybe, but it won't be long. <laughs> we, we know that. Yeah, this is three, it's in the post, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. Injuries happen, and... Um, you know, Aguero, as we said before the pod, he gets injured every season for lengthy spells. And we have the same thing every season. They talk about Jesus coming in and generally comes in and does well. But what is missing now, definitely, for Manchester City this season is the fear factor. It's gone. Opposing teams are no longer scared. And they realise, because there's a sample size now that tells them, if you have a go at Man City, if you attack them, you might just get somewhere. Yeah, that's it. And the other thing there is, Beryl, that, you know, I have absolutely no fucking sympathy for them, to be honest, because... Why should you have? Well, I don't have any sympathy for them, and this is the reason why, because they, they deemed it not necessary to go and buy a centre-half uh, in the summer, and whether that was because they were under the microscope at the time, or whether it was arrogance, or I don't know whether they could justify it, whether whatever reason, they didn't, they fucking should have. And the other thing is, they spent like, I don't know, what what is it, 85 million pounds or 80 million pounds or something on two other centre-halves who they deem to be not of the required quality. And let's be honest, aren't of the required quality to play. Probably in any top six side. Let's let's be quite blatant about it here. So, you know, they've they've put themselves in this position and it's it's not luck, it's it's poor planning, it's poor recruitment, it's poor preparation and and what we have now and you can see this with with the pattern that has emerged in this season, which is mirror and last season, that our, our preparation from top to bottom is absolutely spot on right throughout the club. And that's what's gonna take us over the line this year, and that's why City aren't quite at our level. I think you're you're spot on there. It's um, uh, I think the FFP uh, troubles uh, uh, did them. You know, uh, Guardiola isn't um, uh, he's very picky and he wants he wants a very specific player for every uh, position. And and uh, uh, there there were probably uh, players available in, in the price range they could afford without you know. Uh, uh, um, uh, arousing more um, suspicions about you know them them cheating on on financial fair play, uh, but he he probably wouldn't have uh, wanted them. So and, and you know he wanted uh, John Stones and uh, um, Otamendi was already there, I believe. But these are all players they played hefty sums for. And and, yeah. and he also wanted Mendy, who he just yeah. refuses to put on the pitch now. Yes, uh, uh, Mendy looked good uh, at Monaco, but uh, I think uh, you know he, he lacks uh, a, a little uh, on uh, professionalism, and, and this is something 
Guardiola really can't deal with. So I think it's uh, it's uh, it has to do with with his uh, with his personality more to more than than um, him being a good enough player. Uh, I've 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 witnessed uh, Angelino for two seasons here in in the Netherlands, and he, and he was he was a, a very good uh, wing back uh, type player, but um, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't bring very much to the table in in terms of defense um, defensive skills. Um, but yeah, but not not getting into detail about you know what mistakes they have made. But, but you know, if you look at players like uh, like Matip and and Dejan Lovren, who, you know who. You know, when Dan Lovren said about himself that he was one of the best defenders in the world, and there was a context, he was talking about him playing a a, a, a final uh, in 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 the uh, in the World Cup, and 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 and, and therefore, um, you know, uh, belonging to that bracket, uh, he was ridiculed, and and you know, you could say he brought it on himself. Uh, and Matip wasn't seen as 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 uh, as, as a world class um, uh, defender in, in in the Bundesliga. He was seen as a good defender in the uh, in the Bundesliga. So um, it it has also it has to do with, with coaching and and with with um, um, teaching players how you want them to play and 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 accepting that they are not good at everything. And and uh, but if you don't do that, and if if you want ready made players who can do everything and and are are, are world class when they arrive then you need to spend a lot of money and, and you know and and then we're back at fp so yeah i i i can't i don't know what what mistakes they make and 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 why they did what they did but it's 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 obvious to me that our long term vision is is more productive and and you know i like it this way i i, I like the fact that we 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 only signed adrian last a last transfer window you know, this is this is something that never gets gets mentioned. It's we we didn't spend a penny. It's it's uh, it's remarkable. Uh, so uh, there's something like there's something I like to call team building, uh, and and Jurgen Klopp and and the rest of his team are are precisely doing that. They, I think they don't see their players as 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 mere employees or, or, or commodities or, you know, whatever you want to call them, assets. But, you know, as, as, as members of a team and you need members of your team in, in different, uh, uh, different moments in, in the season uh, and you need to keep them uh, satisfied with, with their playing time um, and, and you need to, to, to uh, you need everyone to accept that there is a hierarchy and that some players will play more than others and and in important uh, games some players will be prioritized be, before others or preferred before others and 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 they seem to be able to do this to keep everyone satisfied to keep everyone um, trying to achieve the same goal um, and and we know what that goal is uh, and 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 everybody is so focused on on Trying to be their best and trying to to win games. Um, players like Genie Wijnaldum are now considered world class. Uh, he came from Newcastle, who who had 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 de- uh, had, had had dropped down the league, right? Yes, uh, that season at Newcastle were relegated, um, and he's now considered world class. Um, but also, you know, uh, any. Player in this team, uh, not not any player in this team has came to this 
came to us being a world class, being considered world class, but they are now. So, uh, if, you know, Guardiola is is a, a very very good manager, and his uh, especially his Barcelona teams um, were very good and were good to watch, etc. But he, he's also a bit of a checkbook manager in that sense that he doesn't seem to develop players very much. I'm, maybe I'm being unfair, but you know, this is this is my sense. The last years, etc. Et um, so. Yeah, it's 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 not only planning. I think we're doing everything right at this point, and and long may it continue. But uh, yeah, it's 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 yeah, uh, it it it's it's not more more than deserved. I think. Yeah, I, I agree totally. Um, we are we are where we are because we deserve to be where we are. We're going to need to play well again tomorrow evening, Chief, to to deserve to be in the. <laughs> in the knockout rounds of the Champions League and it's Salzburg away and they you know I I'd say they feel quite bullish they're at home um, their home record's good very good they score a lot of goals they, they look like they look like this team that, that Klopp used to used to eulogise about the team that drags you down to their level and will kill you on the counter and will make you pay for mistakes and they look to be that sort of side, and this, this is if you want to call, if you want to ever coin the phrase "banana skin," this is potentially it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, like it's not going to be nil nil. It's not a gimme. It's not a gimme by any stretch. But at the same time, we're very much in in the in the driver's seat because obviously we only need a draw. We're bet We're much better than them. You know, the home leg. We allowed to get away from us. We were three 0 up and cruising, and we just didn't respond. Then, when 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 it went three one, I think we were still not aware of the of the danger, and we somehow slept walked to three three, and then went, "What fuck? It's three three! Right, better score again!" Bang, and then that was it. We saw it out for the last fifteen. Yeah, it was a bit like that, and I think. What could happen, could very well happen this time is we could we could go into a lead and and just see us be a little bit more disciplined and a little bit more on it. Um, I'm not worried because of everything we've really just said about about this this team. Uh, are you worried about a Euro, are you are you worried about our European away record? No, not really. Because when it counts, we win them. Bayern Munich, for example. Um, when we really need to win, we get a win, wherever it may be. Um, I think there's been a degree of, of, I don't know how planned it is. I would say it isn't planned, but you've sort of got to look at the evidence and and, 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 and notice a pattern. Our European away record has been terrible the last two seasons. Uh, but when we've needed to dig out a result away from home, we've managed it. We're obviously we're unlucky in, in the new camp last year to go down three 0 but we do go down three nil. Um, but in the only in the only you know in the in the big knockout game where we needed a result away from home, we got it. We beat Bayern Munich three one, and we beat them at a counter really. Um, and I think it's going to be more of the same. I, I don't want to sound complacent, but again, I'm basing it on quite a large sample size and the fact that we've been to the to the final the last two seasons, and we are. For my money, well, and not just for my money, we are 
the best team in Europe right now. If you look at uh, the top five leagues, no, no team has a better record. Yeah, we are, we are, we are the best team in Europe, and I think that that it's it's worth it's worth remembering that it's worth remembering that what's happening now isn't normal. Yeah, and, and that's massively important, and and we're in danger of of losing sight of that a little bit because it's not talked about enough in the UK. It's uh, going really on. Notice because I think the pundits are in such shock at Manchester City. Not, I think City have maybe normalised it because you know if if someone goes to close to hundred points, this will be the third season in a row. But that's still only the third season. But it's not like normal. ever. I mean, I mean, okay, I get what you mean, but City only got actually got a hundred points once. Yes, close so, to though. Yeah, close to is close to, but it's not a hundred. I mean. I mean, didn't Chelsea, didn't Marino's Chelsea team get 95 or something? I mean, 95, 98, there's not much difference, is there? That no, was, that's, that know, is true. That, that is true. You know, but, I mean, for uh, City didn't have as good a record as this, even the even the season that they won it with over 100 points or with 100 points. Nobody's had this good a record in the Premier League era, I don't think. Um, I'm pretty sure Chelsea... Who were like who who had a similar start in that Mourinho time, but I'm pretty sure they lost a game only after about ten, and then kept on winning. Uh, I'm pretty sure we have this is the best ever start to a Premier League season, and you don't want to get carried away. But as we've said, logically, we don't see how this ends. We seem to have different ways to win. We seem to have strength and depth in the squad. We seem to be able to cope with injuries. We seem to have players that are pulling together for each other. We seem to have great harmony and spirit, whatever, and all the things you could possibly imagine. It's very, very difficult to see where Liverpool slip up here and where, where we don't get a win, but not enough is being made of it yet. And perhaps perhaps it will be if we do continue and get the, and get the record points tally and whatever, maybe... People will start to talk about it. But right now, I think people are kind of suspended. Pundits are a little bit suspended in, in disbelief. Um, probably most of them expected us to fall away a little. Some of the shrewder ones are probably uh, probably didn't and expected us to challenge again, but are, are even a little bit blown away by what we're doing. And there's this idea as well that's been floating around that we've been a little bit lucky. But, I mean, come on, 40, 46 points from 48 is not luck. So... It's actually. I'm, I'm just. Gonna, I'm just going to chuck this in here because I heard this somewhere earlier on. It's it's seventy three points from the last seventy five available. There you go. I mean, that's that's it's not on. Stupid. It's stupid. It's absolutely unparalleled, unrivaled, unheard of. It's 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 the first season of Messi and Ronaldo scoring over a goal a game, and everyone going, "What? One and two is meant to be good." You know, and it's people now going, they've dropped two points. I mean, even Arsenal's Invincibles had loads of draws. Yeah, they drew like 18 or 19 matches or something. They drew a lot of games. Um, We are not drawing games. We're just winning, finding a way to win, finding a way to win. As you said, we're starting to hit our stride. And traditionally, this is where we do hit our stride under Klopp. It's where we're set up to hit our stride. It's going to be interesting to see what impact the World Club Cup has. Obviously, a massively important game against Salzburg. I don't really want to go too much into it because our pod will probably only come out a few hours before kickoff. Like, um, so I don't want to have too much. Uh, I want to have a bit of shelf life on it. But yeah, I would. I 
strongly fancies to go there and at the minimum get the draw we need to go through. And to be honest, I would be I'd be having a look at us at, at pretty much even money, which is what we are. I think it's a good bet. So yeah, I hope we'll go there and win. I think we've, we've, our first team minus the injuries, of course, Fabinho um, is, is fully fit. It's rested. It's 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 firing. We've got eight goals in our last two games. We've got a squad that's on fire, and we've got to go to Austria and be the team that's. Uh, I think it's their would be their first time ever getting out of the group stages, and it's potentially their first time in the Champions League, or certainly only their only. They're in their empathy. I think, yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's their first time. I think they've been really, really close loads of times, and this was their first time. I think they contrived to not get into the Champions League in various different bizarre fashions before this year. Yeah, well, I mean, fair play to them. They've had a good debut season, and uh, it would be no shame for them to be knocked out by the the, the reigning champions. And, and let's just hope that's what happens. Okay, I'm going to go barrel for the absolute hope that, that Napoli fall apart against Genk and, and Salzburg find their way through, so we have absolutely no chance of playing Napoli. Um, but it is still Salzburg we have to get by, and you know we, all we've talked about, yeah. Um, but I'm interested, does he go his absolute strongest in his head, eleven? I'm not sure what our strongest eleven is at this point, but I, I think well, the the the, pre- the predictable eleven, let's call it. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, we are missing Fabinho, so there is there is the uh, the spot. Um, and, but Milner has played uh, the previous two games uh, full ninety, so I don't think he will play. Um, I um, agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ox did Ox play? No, he didn't play the full ninety against Bournemouth. So he might uh, uh, take up the third spot, uh, but it also might be Keita. Uh, Keita and, uh, and and Sadio uh, both uh, played at Salzburg, so you know there is there is that. I, I don't think uh, the Klopp is a sentimentalist, but you know, it 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 might be something uh, they th- think is important. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure Genie will play if he's fit. Uh, uh, Henderson will play if, if fit. Uh, and let's hope they all are. But uh, I think the third spot might be Keita. I'm I'm not sure because uh, one thing he 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 keeps doing is is losing the ball in in diff- in difficult in 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 dangerous positions. I should say, um, you know, this is something he should learn from from Genie, who uh, who doesn't have his quality in passing. But you know, he never loses a ball. Um, and I think, yeah, I noticed that a few times. It it was almost as if he he seems to. It's almost as if he's not up to pace with the game on occasion, where he thinks he's a little bit more time than he actually does. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, and so he he played in in Austria, so he he might he might know how much time he has there. But he, he didn't play himself, of course, because he played for Austria Salzburg, um, now called uh, RB Salzburg. Um, and and when he played there, it was also RB. But uh, I, in the back, I, I don't know. Lovren seems to have had some cramp at, uh, against Bournemouth, so I, I don't know if he will be fit again. But I thought Gomez looked actually started looking good again. Uh, uh, um, he he made the occasional mistake, but you know, everybody's going to make a mistake, and especially a young player. I'm 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 intrigued if if uh, if 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 he plays um, 
beside of, of Virgil um, and Trent should play and, and Robo should play. So yeah, I, yes, uh, to have a very, very long answer to your short question, I think we will play our strongest 11 and I, 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 I yeah, I, if pressed, I think Ox will play. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking the kind of same, same kind of thing, um, but we'll see. And I think, yeah, I, I agree with, I agree with pretty much everything there. Um, this Liverpool, this Liverpool team um, continues to just get over the line. Um, they continue to deliver a result in whatever manner is required when it's required and against Salzburg it's required so I expect nothing else from this side right now so until after Salzburg barring any technical difficulties if you even hear this um, of the absolutely fucking the utterly relentless Reds 